What is happening to supermarket prices? Do own label brands taste good? What's the best supermarket? What's the worst? How do I spend less on my weekly shop? Are there ways I can shop smarter? Should I just be growing my own veg? How do I even grow veg? <sighs> Wine to pair with spag ball? When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. When life gives you questions, which get answers. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. So what's really tricky about this is that ultimately whether or not it's worth it depends on how long you end up living for after you do take the state pension, which nobody knows. But under current rules, you're going to need to live for at least 15 years after you start receiving payments to break even. So basically to end up with more money overall than you gave up in that first year of of not receiving a state pension. Um, Although the state pension has been increasing the last few years, it's still a pretty modest amount. If that's all or virtually all you've got Mm. to live on, that's difficult. This week on the podcast, we're telling you everything you need to know about the state pension. And whether you're the current state pension age of 66 or 26, this is a bumper episode you need to hear because we'll be deep diving into how it works, the gender gap, how to check your forecasts and how you can boost yours, who's missing out and so, so much more. And to do all of this, I'm pleased to say I'm joined in the studio by Which Money podcast regular, the editor of Which Money magazine, Jenny Ross, and also joining us here is the policy manager at Age UK, Sally West. Hello both. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, let's start with the basics then, Jenny. What is the state pension and why is it something our listeners should see as important, you know, whatever stage of life they're in? Well, I think listeners will be pretty familiar with the basic concept of the state pension because that at least is quite straightforward. It is a payment you get from the government when you reach a certain age. But If you lift up the bonnet and have a rummage within, you'll quickly find out that it gets a lot more complicated Mm. pretty quickly. Um, There have been, you know, layers and layers of of rules and changes over the years that have have made it a little bit tricksy. Um, But I'm going to skirt over that for now um, and give you a little bit of a potted history. So um, the modern version of the state pension, as we know it, um, came into being in 1948. So that was the same year as as the NHS. Um, And from then, all the way up until 2010, men qualified for the state pension at the age of 65 and women got it at 60. Since then, it's been all change. The state pension age has been equalised for both men and women. So you now get it at the same age. And that age has gone up. So now, as things stand, everyone gets the state pension once they reach 66. But that will change again in just a few years. It's set to rise to 67 between 2026 and 2028. So that is going to affect those born between April 1960 and April 1977. In other words, if you're between 46 and 63, you're going to be looking at 67. If you were born after 1977, uh, April 1977, that is. um, So Lucia, if you're wanting to know when you're going to reach state pension, Mm -hmm. 
Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it will be at least 67, I think, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's safe to say. It had already been scheduled to go up to 68 uh, between 2044 and 2046. But the t- basically, the timings are up in the air mm-hmm. um, as things stand. In terms of why it matters... I mean, that's pretty straightforward. The basic answer is that those payments are going to form a pretty significant part of your income in retirement and will help to bolster any savings you've built up in private pensions. But of course, there are many people for whom the state pension is all of their income. Mm. So it's, it's even more important. And Sally, how often are you being asked questions about the state pension at Age UK? Um, you know, pre- presumably this is a big issue uh, that, that a lot of people ask about um, getting in contact. Well, we do have people coming to us. It's not our biggest area of inquiry. Mm. I think because, as Jenny said, most people know that they'll get a state pension Mm. and actually you get a prompt. So the DWP contact you two or three months before your state pension age normally and they invite you to claim. I think when people do come to us, it's often because they don't quite understand why they've got what they've Mm. been given or perhaps they say well look my friend she's the same age and she's getting more or Mm. my friend got her pension at age 65 why have I got to it so I think the it's trying to understand why the pension works how it is Um, and that's for people who are already kind of pensioners but I mean I think it's great that you're doing this because as Jenny says we really need to um, encourage people who are younger Mm. to think about what they may be getting and there's lots of really useful tools on the government websites that can help you work out your own kind of pension and it does make a important part of retirement income for for many many people a hundred percent i suppose we we really do want to to try and avoid people getting to that point where they're receiving their payments and and being surprised by the amount they're getting yes i mean people do make assumptions and Mm. we know the difficulties when state pension age rose and rose very quickly Mm. and a lot of women just didn't realize that they were going to have to wait longer so hopefully some lessons have been learnt. that there will be much more publicity but let's try and encourage people to to use the tools and use the websites available and find out a bit more about what they can expect And shall we talk a bit more then about what it takes to get the state pension? So as it stands, the full state pension is worth, I've got here, £203.85 a week, but not everyone will be getting that much, as we've kind of just heard about there. So what do you need to do to qualify for the minimum as well as the maximum? So aside from your age, your eligibility for the state pension and how much you'll get depends on how many years worth of national insurance contributions you've built up over your working life or, or have been credited. Um, those are known as qualifying years for the for the purpose of um, the state pension. Now, under the rules of the new state pension, so that covers you if you have reached state pension age post April 2016, you need at least 10 qualifying years to get any state pension at all. And the magic number here is 35 years, uh, qualifying years of national insurance contributions to get the full amount under the new state pension. Now, they don't have to be consecutive years. So lots of people have gaps in their record for lots of reasons. You know, maybe they've taken time off work. Maybe they've spent time living abroad. But if over the course of your your working life pre-retirement, you've got 35 qualifying years then you'll be in line um, for the full amount Um, you can there is a way you know if you do have gaps in your record you don't have the 35 that you need you can pay to fill those in but we'll get onto that in a little bit and while we're on this point, um, in the article on the state pension in the most recent Which Money magazine, we have a stat that 
really did catch my attention. And that is that on average, women get £156.35 per week compared to men getting £177.65 on average. Jenny, what's behind this? Yeah, well spotted, Lucia. Um, <laughs> that gap has been there for quite some time, but I think mm. I think it's fair to say it is narrowing under, under the new system. The reason for it in the first place, I mean, we're going to get a little bit into the complexities here, so bear with me. It is partly to do with how the old state pension worked. So that's the system pre-April 2016. Now, that consisted of the basic state pension, plus something called the additional state pension, and it was called other things over the years as well. But basically, that additional bit was a top-up to the basic state pension based on how much you earned. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were a woman who you know took time off to raise a family was out of work you wouldn't have access to the additional state pension you'd be relying solely on the basic state pension so you wouldn't have as much opportunity to build up that um, that additional payment so yeah that's one of the reasons historically speaking why women have had less state pension one of the aims of the new state pension system which came in in 2016 was to, was to a- address that gap um, and now there is just one sort of flat rate state pension there's no additional bit mm-hmm. but if you if you built up additional state pension in the past under the old system, that will sort of still influence how much how much you get under the new system. But I think the, the, the good news is that that gap is narrowing. I saw a stat actually from the Institute for Fiscal Studies, um, which found that women born in the early 1940s receive around 25% less in state pension income than men on average. But that gap um, for those born in the early 1950s falls to 5%. Well, that is good news. I mean, Sally, what do you think? Is the gender gap in the state pension a big problem in the UK? As Jenny says, that gap is reducing. So certainly for people reaching state pension age now under the new system, the gap is smaller and and still closing, but it's Mm. bigger for um, older women. But yes, in terms of the gender gap, um, it is reducing. In fact, the problem probably now is more with private pensions, where because Mm. women still on average learn earn less and have more time out for um, caring responsibilities and things like that, that gap is probably bigger in the private sector now. But, mm. but at least it's changing and improving with the state pension. Well, some good news there, at least, a speck of hope. Uh, well, shall we move on then to something we've talked about um, already, which is uh, filling these gaps. Um, so there is a way you can improve the amount of state pension you're entitled to, and that's by topping up your national insurance contributions. Jenny, do you want to start us off here? Sure. So uh, hopefully it's ingrained now. You need 35 qualifying years of national insurance contributions to get the full amount of state pension. But you do have the option to pay voluntary contributions and fill some of those gaps if you have them. Under the new system, under normal rules, you can only fill gaps from your national insurance record from the past six years. But if you reached state pension age after April 2016, or you will reach state state pension age in the future, then you are able to plug gaps going back as far as 2006. Now, this is where it gets, um, yeah, this is where it gets fiddly. (laughs) So bear with me. Um, The cost depends on the year you're looking to fill and also the type of contribution you're making. So if you're an employee, Lucia, say you wanted to fill um, a gap from 22 to 23, mm-hmm. you'll, be pe- you'll be making a voluntary class three contribution. And the cost for that year, 2022 to 23, is £15.85 per week or £824.20 for a full year. But if, you know, if you're only missing part of the year, you can just pay however many weeks you need um, mm-hmm. to, to, to fill that. 
what you'll get in return for filling in that missing year is a boost to your state pension by one thirty-fifth of the standard rate. And that works out as about £5.82 a week or £303 a year. That's based on the current level of full state pension. I've done the maths earlier. This is not off the top of my head, I promise you. <laughs> Over a 20-year retirement, that is going to add up to an extra £6,000, all for a payment of just £824. And actually, if, if you're self-employed, you'll be making class uh, 2 voluntary national insurance contributions rather than class 3. They are cheaper. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, it takes even less amount of time to, to earn your money back. And Sally, can I get your take on this? So if you're self-employed, you're looking at you know nearly two hundred pounds a year to top it. Otherwise, it's not far off a thousand pounds. You know, it's not it's no small amount. Is it really worth doing? It depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've got to look at your own situation. Consider what gaps. Maybe you've just got to pay a small amount because you've maybe made some contributions or got some credits. So you perhaps don't even need to make a, a full year's contributions mm-hmm. to fill up a year. But you need to see where those gaps are. Ideally, check your national insurance contributions regularly to see whether you're building up full years. You, know, you may not need to get you don't have to have all the years to be completed. And in some cases, we have, we've talked about contributions, not so much credits. So in some situations, perhaps there are credits that you could receive if you applied for them. Um, so, for example, there are some carers who get carers allowance and will get an automatic credit. But sometimes you're not getting one of the relevant benefits, mm-hmm. but you could still in some circumstances be a carer and apply for credits. Um, similarly, Um, If people are looking after a youngest child and get child benefit, that gives you an automatic credit. But then some families with a high earner may not think it's worth claiming child benefit because they're having to pay the money back through their tax system. But in those circumstances, if one partner isn't working, it may be worth claiming the child benefit. So I'm sorry to bring you on all these complexities, Mm. but I think it's about seeing whether in your circumstances you have gaps, whether there's other ways of filling it. And if then... It looks like it would be beneficial to, to pay national insurance. How much would it cost? What difference would that make to your pension? And then you're in a better position to make the decision about whether that's the right thing to do. Some really interesting examples there. And now there's a second way you can boost your state pension, which is by delaying when you get it. Now, I've got to say, when I read about this, I thought, you know, given the state pension age keeps going up, as we've already spoken about, this feels pretty hard going on top. But I want to hear your thoughts, Jenny, firstly, and how it works. Yeah, I've I've got to say this is arguably a lot less compelling that as you know as a way to boost your state pension than the option of plugging gaps in your in your national insurance history but basically yeah as you say Lutia, if if you hold off taking the state pension you could potentially boost the payments that you get when you do opt to receive it so how much um depends on yeah which which system we're talking about i'm going to focus on the new state pension system which has actually got less generous when it comes to deferring um than the old system but anyway under current Current rules for every nine weeks that you delay taking the state pension, your payments are going to increase by one percent. So for every full year that you de- defer, that's that's an extra five point eight percent on top of your payments. So based on the full new state pension of £203.85. If you're deferring for a year, you're going to get an extra £11.82 a week. So around £615 a year. Under the old old system, you know, you could get an extra 10.4% for each, for each year you defer. So what's really tricky about this is that ultimately, whether or not it's worth it depends on how long you end up living for after you do mm-hmm. take the state pension, which nobody knows. But 
under current rules, you're going to need to live for at least 15 years after you start receiving payments to break even. So basically Mm -hmm. to end up with more money overall than you gave up in that first year of of not receiving a state pension. And life expectancy at 65 is um, 19 years for men and 21 years for women. So basically, you need to be you're banking on having an average or longer lifespan to make Mm. deferring pay off. I think most people do draw their state pension at state pension age precisely Mm. because they need the money um, and it's it's an important part. The reason that people tend to do it is if they are continued to work. So Mm. if you are working and you don't need that money straight away and possibly a state pension would put you into a higher tax bracket, those are the kind of things that people consider. Most people do draw their state pension at state pension age but it is another option um, particularly if you're if you're able to manage and you've you've still got a job well before we go any further let's take a quick break but we'll be back to discuss how you can check your state pension forecasts as well as pension credit the triple lock and plenty more if you're wondering how to make your food budget work each week then we've got supermarket shopping hacks that can help head to which.co.uk to get answers on how to spend less at the supermarket Now, shall we get into how you can check how much state pension you're likely to get? Because I'm sure this will be something many of our listeners will be wondering. Yeah, it doesn't matter how um, far off state pension age you are, you can go and check um, right now and get a rough idea of how much you're you're expected to get um, based on your current national insurance record. So you just need to visit gov.uk forward slash check dash state dash pension. Um, That will also show you. It's not (laughs) just go to gov.uk. I'm sure you'll find it from there. Um, So that will show you when you can get it as well, and also how you can increase it if that's an option for you. Um, So yeah, you'll be you'll be signposted to any sort of incomplete national insurance years, any gaps in your record. If you built up sort of additional state pension or, you know, you're partially covered under the old system, it gets a little bit more tricky there, doesn't it, Sally? Because you won't get a sort of full history of, you know, whether or not you opted out. It's known as contracting out of the additional state pension. That's where it can get, um, you know, you might need to rely a bit more on sort of your memory and your your Mm -hmm. pay slips and your old um, bits bits of paperwork. But um, yeah, that's that's a great starting point. Go to gov.uk, see what information it shows you there. Hopefully it will signpost you to the actions you can take. And if you've got any queries, you know, you can contact the pension service directly. And ultimately, you're placing your trust in the Department for Work and Pensions to make sure it's done its sums properly and it will pay you the correct amount. But unfortunately, it's emerged in the past few years that many people have ended up being underpaid. Now, even if you're not at state pension age yourself, this is something that could be affecting your parents, grandparents, friends. Jenny, can you tell us more and how you can check? Yeah, so this this scandal really was was identified by the former pensions minister, Steve Webb, in um, 2020. And as of October this year, the Department for Work and Pensions said it had identified more than 82,000 underpayments, adding up to a whopping £497 million. That's how much they've paid out to rectify um, those underpayments. And that's an average of £6,000 each. You know, that's that's those are really significant sums of sums of cash. The errors affect uh, pensioners who started claiming their state pension before April 2016, so under the old system. And predominantly, it's it's women as, as well. Around 90%, I think, um, mm. of those affected are women. So there, there are very various categories, um, if you like, or groups groups of women who are particularly likely to be affected by, by these underpayments. Um, you can find 
more information on that, you can go to witch.co.uk. We've got um, various news stories on this issue. Also, Lane Clark and Peacock, the um, the firm that Sir Steve Webb um, now works for. But basically, yeah, just 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 have a Google and and see if if you or anyone you know is is likely to be affected. Actually, in recent months, a new error, yet another one, unfortunately, mm. has has come to light, affecting those who claimed child benefit and didn't provide their national insurance number at the point of claiming. Um, HMRC is is currently writing to to those people, you know, over over the last um, few weeks. So yeah, see if you're contacted directly. Um, Otherwise, you know, if you want to find out more and proactively check if you're owed money, contact the pension service. Oh, please, please do share this information with anyone who you think uh, it could be relevant to. Um, And now there's another reason you might be getting less than you're entitled to. Sally, and this is uh, if you're eligible for pension credit, but you're not claiming it. Can you tell us more? Yes. I mean, people who have a low income, perhaps your state pension isn't very high, perhaps you've got special needs, um, are often missing out on benefits such as pension credit. Mm -hmm. So this is for people over state pension age. It's a means tested benefit, which means they'll ask you about your income and savings. And it will top your income up if you um, fulfill the criteria and if you have a low income. It depends on your circumstances. There are also other benefits such as housing benefit, which helps Mm. with your rent, council tax reduction, which is again a means-tested benefit that helps reduce the amount of council tax you pay, attendance allowance, which is for people with um, um, uh, disabilities. So I think there's a range of benefits that that older people uh, may be entitled to and are often missing out. So we would encourage anybody who's perhaps finding life a bit difficult financially to check that Mm -hmm. there aren't, uh, check whether there are additional money because it can make such a big difference to people. And is there an easy, I mean, it's hard to say, is there an easy way to check? Often there isn't an easy way to do anything, but is there an easy way to check? Well, a good start is to come to us at HUK. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at our website. We've also got a calculator um, that will help people check what um, benefits like pension credit entitlement. Or we've got um, um, an advice line, a helpline. Uh, people haven't got the internet and there are local organisations. So we can provide support on that. And there are other organisations that will do. Really, really important. I'm so pleased we covered that. And now before we wrap up today, can we touch on the triple lock? Um, It's something that's come up quite a bit on the show. Our regular listeners uh, will, will of course, know. But we couldn't have an episode on the state pension without giving it a mention. So to start us off, here's what the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, had to say about it in the autumn statement a few weeks ago. The triple lock has helped lift 250,000 older people out of poverty since it was instituted by a Conservative government in 2011. It's been a lifeline for many during a period of high inflation. There have been reports that we would uprate it by a lower amount to smooth out the effect of high public sector bonuses in July, but that would have been particularly difficult for one million pensioners whose only income is from the state. So instead, today, we honour our commitment to the triple lock in full. From April 24, we will increase the full new state pension by 8.5% to £221.20 a week, worth up to £900 more a year. This is one of the largest ever cash increases to the state pension, showing a Conservative government will always back our pensioners. So good news, it seems, uh, for pensioners. Um, Jenny, can you explain how it works? Yeah, the the triple lock basically guarantees that payments, uh, state pension payments will go up every year by one of three measures, either average wage growth, 
rate of inflation or 2.5%, whichever is higher. And as we've just heard, what that means for 2024 um, is that um, payments at the full level of new state pension are going to go up to just over £221 a week in line with um, with earnings growth of, of 8.5%. So it's, it's great news for pensioners. You know, this will be an above inflation boost. Um, the trouble for the government is it is really flipping expensive. Um, so yeah, a, a, a figure from the um, from the IFS, the Institute for Fiscal, Fiscal Studies, shows that since it was introduced, an additional £11 billion per year has been spent on the state pension compared to what um, spending would have been if increases were in line with either inflation or earnings. So that's that's the cost of the triple lock, that basically. Um, so, so looking forward, you know, there is quite a lot of uncertainty about what um, what the future holds for the for the triple lock and whether it will be sustainable. And Sally, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the state pension rising with inflation. Where does Age UK stand on this? Is it enough? Well, we're strong supporters of the triple mm-hmm. lock, as you might imagine, mm-hmm. because what it means is that the, um, the new state pension and the basic state pension increase, well, their value maintains and sometimes actually increases above above the rate of inflation. And that's really important because there were many years when the uh, state pension, the old basic state pension was losing its losing its value in relation to earnings and general living standards. So we think it's really good news. We want to see it um, uh, continue because um, although the state pension has been increasing the last few years, it's still a pretty modest amount. If that's all or virtually all you've mm. got to live on, that's difficult. And also, it's not just an issue for current pensioners, because for younger people, particularly those on lower earnings, the state pension is going to be such an important part of the income. And if it's a sort of a, a reasonable amount, it's a lot easier to Mm-hmm. Um, obtain a decent income in retirement by additional savings. So we're keen on seeing it continued. And, and just before we close, is there anything else that you'd like to mention today? You know, just before the show we mentioned, I, I was saying, you know, there's really nothing basic about anything to do with, with, with pensions, but you've done a brilliant job of condensing it. Is there anything else that you'd, you'd just like to leave our listeners with? Well, we've we've done our best to keep it fairly straightforward today but, but even then you end up you know going down little little sort of mm. complicated rabbit holes and yeah as, as you say Lita, no, nothing is ever super straightforward when it comes to comes to the world of pensions um, and I guess the, the main message is that circumstances will be will be different the, 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 the fact of having the the two systems sort of living sort of side by side you've got people covered by both makes it makes it really quite tricky to get your head around exactly what your entitlement is but as you know as we've signposted today there are lots of resources out there where you can try and get a slightly better idea um, and it, it's well worth engaging now you know even if you're decades off state pension age there are things you can do now like you know Sally mentioned claiming you know credit national insurance credits that you're entitled to like you know potentially topping up any any gaps in your record that will stand you in better stead later on the worst thing you can do is sort of get to age 66 or 67 or 68 whenever it is mm. and suddenly realize ah um, this is not the payment that I was expecting I don't know what to do about it Yes, I completely agree. I mean, we've tried to cover all the different aspects of the system, which I think, as you said at the very beginning, Jenny, has changed so many times over Mm -hmm. the years. But we still have a pension system that's going to provide, you know, a good chunk of income for most people. And it is possible to use the different websites and tools that we've mentioned to find out what the situation is likely to be for you and help you think about your future retirement income and help you uh, plan other savings and things. So hopefully we've given you an idea of some of the things to think 
think about, but also encourage people to uh, to look into their own circumstances. Well, thank you so much, Sally and Jenny. What an episode this has been. Thank you. Thank you. Well, another huge thank you to Jenny and Sally for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. I should add that this was our last regular episode of the year, but don't worry, uh, and we'll have a special treat from our sister podcast, Get Answers, that will be dropping into this podcast feed for you to enjoy between Christmas and New Year. For daily money news and advice, you can find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written and presented by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly Jones, and edited by James Rowe. You've probably heard of Witch Magazine, our home of hard hitting journalism and informative stories delivered directly to our members. There's our travel, money, and tech mags too. But did you know you can hear some of our best articles for free, available to listen to whenever you like? Each week on the Witch Shorts podcast, we bring you a specially selected story, lovingly voiced and produced especially for you, on a whole range of fascinating topics. Just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening.